The scripture for this morning, our first scripture, is from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then, by the will of God, also to us. And the second scripture today is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God, your word is a light unto our path. Thank you for these words of wisdom today. Thank you, Laura. And uh, hey, everybody, uh, all of you worshiping in the house and in your house. Wherever you are, you are in God's house. Um, you know, and I, I like to encourage you uh, frequently to uh, check out the Sunday Links page, uh, faithwestwood.com forward slash Sunday Links, because you can find out what's going on in worship and who's doing it and fill out a connection card right there, give to our ministry fund, submit a prayer request, and a whole lot more. Oh, by the way, uh, one of the kids before they left up whispered to me, Tell the drummer I really like this drumming. So, Jeff, you got a fan here, buddy. You got a fan. All right. <laughs> it's that holy water, Jeff. I, yeah, that's a little inside joke, but anyway. Now, now I'd like for us to, uh, to join together in the Apostles' Creed. And today, we're going to use uh, the ecumenical version. So it's just, and it, it's, it is in our hymnal. But it's just slightly worded differently, so watch really closely because um, uh, there's just a few word changes here or there. And um, so if you're able, would you stand with me? And together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Uh, all right, now, just a little bit of a warning. Don't be surprised if next Sunday we know the name of Nebraska's next head football coach. All right? Uh, and if we do, it'll be all the buzz around the donut table next Sunday. Uh, and, and what will be the expectation of the new coach next year? Six wins in a bowl game? Yeah? 
Uh, what happens if they don't meet those expectations? What, what happens if they exceed those expectations? Well, sometimes, whatever our expectations are, they get smashed like a post-Halloween pumpkin. So we've learned to temper our expectations to lessen our disappointment, haven't we? Well, this is the last in our uh, series, three-Sunday series, called Love My Church. And today's message is about exceeding expectations. And the Bible tells us over and over that God exceeds our expectations. God speaks to Abraham, uh, a senior citizen with no kids, and God promises that his descendants are going to be made into a great nation. And then, for dramatic effect, God waits another 25 years before he blesses Abraham and Sarah with a son. There you go. God exceeds our expectations. Generations later, uh, Abraham and Sarah's descendants find themselves, you know, doubting God and, and his promises. And for 400 years, they are slaves in Egypt, the Pharaoh's seven-day-a-week workforce. And then one day, Yahweh the Lord, the, the God who spoke to Abraham, speaks to one of them, a fugitive named Moses. And God sends Moses back to Egypt with a message to Pharaoh, let my people go. And of course, Pharaoh says, uh-uh. And then, and then the Lord puts pressure on him with plague after plague after plague. And the showdown between Yahweh and Pharaoh ends at the sea where the Lord delivers the Israelites across and washes away Pharaoh's fighting chariots. Nobody saw that coming. God exceeds our expectations. God promises to continue to do that, to exceed their expectations if Israel will remain faithful to him. And the rest of the Old Testament is a repeating story of God delivering his people, and then the people renew their promise to be faithful, and then they fall away from God. They, they become oppressed by their enemies, so they cry out to the Lord who comes to their rescue. This cycle repeats Across the generations, promise to be faithful, fall away, become oppressed, cry out, God saves them. And yet, throughout all of this, God does not give up on them. He exceeds their expectations. Joshua leads uh, the Israelites across the Jordan River, and then when they get there, God tells them, no, don't, don't attack the city of Jericho yet. He wants them to just simply march around it once a day for six days, carrying the Ark of the Covenant with the priests leading the way, sounding their trumpets. And on the seventh day, they are to march around Jericho seven times with trumpets blasting. And then at Joshua's signal, the Israelites give a mighty shout. And when they do, the walls protecting the city of Jericho begin to crumble and then collapse in a heap. And the Israelites charge in freely. This is the only time that God does that in their conquest of Canaan. But it's a sign that if they trust in this God, he will exceed their expectations. The Bible's full of stories like that. Uh, who would have thought that a teenager with a slingshot could fell the Philistines' champion warrior? Who would have thought that Elijah, the prophet, could pray and, and God would stop the rain for three years? Who would have thought that God would save his people from genocide through the, the, the daring, determined faith of a queen? 
Now, we don't get every miracle we ask for. We don't get a lot of miracles we ask for, at least the way we ask for them. Bonafide miracles, the kind that, you know, make your eyes bulge and make the papers. I mean, they're not that common. But I do know this. Many of you have a personal miracle of your own. You have experienced the saving power of God. Some of you were oppressed by addiction. And when you turned your life over to God, He exceeded your expectations and rescued you from your powerlessness. Some of you have found freedom from self-destructive patterns that have been haunting you for a long time. Some of you have found healing from emotional wounds. Many of you have experienced the joy of forgiveness and a fresh start in life through faith in Christ. What kind of God would do this? It's the God described in, described in 1 John 1, verse 5. I love this verse. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light. It's another way of saying God is good. God is light and there is no darkness in him. God is more good and loving and holy than we imagine. And God is creating a community of people all across the world who are being redeemed and repurposed to live out Jesus' story in this world. Yeah, you've had some deep disappointments in life. Life has dealt you some, some bitter blows, but God is not life. I mean, that is one of the most important lessons we have to learn in faith, isn't it? That, that life happens, but God is not life. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. With Jesus, he, he gives you the ability in him to, that you can overcome the world because he's overcoming the world and all of its troubles. And because of that, our troubles may be present, but they no longer define us. They no longer determine the course of our lives. The Apostle Paul says, in all these things, in all these hardships and troubles, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. One of the songs that, that uh, helped me get through the ups and downs of college uh, was uh, from Andre, by Andre Crouch. Remember, Andre Crouch and the Disciples. And uh, anyway, I had an album of theirs, and uh, I, I play, played that over and over. You know, I have a hard day. I just, I just pop on that album and kind of listen and, and let it soak through me. And, and one song says, I've got confidence. I've got confidence. God is going to see me through no matter what the case may be. I know he's going to fix it for me. And one verse tells about Job in the Bible and who lost his fortune and his children and his health. But Job, in his despair, said he knew that God still cared. Sleepless days, sleepless nights, Job said, that's all right, because I've got confidence. God is going to see me through no matter what the case may be. I know he's going to fix it for me. Do you, you have confidence in a God like that? I think back to 1996, we moved to Lincoln to start a new church, and a, and a couple from our previous church in Gothenburg, Nebraska, were moving to Lincoln at the same time. 
They said, we're going there too. We want to help. And, and I just performed a wedding for a couple in Gothenburg. Uh, and they said, we're moving to Lincoln too. We want to help. Some of our best friends lived in Lincoln, and, uh, and they, were, they were already at a great church. We didn't want to, you know, talk to them about leaving that. It was just, and, and yet, they sat in our, our kitchen one time with us and said, tell us about this new church because we want to help. And so, before long, within a few months, there were 14 of us together that, that consisted of the launch team, the, the group that was responsible for saying, we are, we are going to work with the Lord to plant this new church. It, it was an amazing thing to watch. And, and when we moved here, something amazing happened that I did not expect. My first Sunday preaching here, July 4th, 2010. And as I was speaking right here, uh, a peaceful sense just came across me. And I realized I was at home here. My first time here, I was at home here. It, it, it just, it was surprising. It was, it was a God thing. And, and I find that, you know, not that I experience this kind of stuff every day, but, you know, a lot of stuff happens where God exceeds my expectations. You know, we, uh, Laura read for us a little bit ago, uh, Ephesians 3.20, uh, Paul tells the sisters and brothers, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. How has God exceeded your expectations? Huh? How has God exceeded your expectations? Now, if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, uh, you probably have some stories. You may have to ask the Lord, okay, I can't remember them right now. Will you show them to me? Will you call them to my mind? And if you do that, if you stay quiet for a while and listen and pray, he'll, he'll show them to you. And I would encourage you to write them down this week and then add them to your Thanksgiving prayer. That would be a good thing to do, wouldn't it? You know, I, I recently finished reading a book by David Bennett, a gay activist who had no use for Christians or Christianity or the Bible, but he found himself searching for what real love is. One night, he uh, went to a pub to interview a college student named Madeline for an article he was writing. And the conversation somehow turned to God. So let me quote from his story. At one point, she asked, David, have you ever experienced the love of God? And he said, what do you mean? No. Madeline said, God loves everyone right where they are. David felt like pulling away, but something drew him in. Her eyes widened. David, I can feel God's presence so strongly right now. She paused. He loves you incredibly so much. I'd never usually ask this, but can I pray for you? David didn't know whether to say yes or no. He was agnostic, an atheist. He didn't want to be closed-minded, but he also felt like running away. 
Finally, he said, yes, you can pray for me, but don't think anything's going to happen. Something did happen. Here's David telling it. As Madeline laid her hands on me and prayed, the, the bustle of the pub faded away. I entered into a stillness, a peace. Soon, I felt a soft tingling on the crown of my head that, that slowly intensified as if someone were pouring oil over me. The, the warm sensation ran down my entire body like a, a current of water. It was unlike anything I'd ever felt before. All my searching and religion and relationships and atheism, none of it compared with this love coursing through me like electricity. For the first time, I knew God was real and that he loved me. This changes everything, I realized. As my eyes filled with tears, I heard a voice in my head say, softly at first, do you want me? It, it cut to my core, to a deeper place than I knew existed. It, it grew in intensity. Do you want me? I never heard a voice like this, and I was scared. I, I didn't know who this was, but I, I was so stunned by what was happening and, and so desirous of real love. I answered the voice, is that you, God, creator of the universe? Then again, do you want me? A fourth time, I heard the voice, this time even louder and more pressing, do you want me? And I did. I was so exhausted from my loveless world that I, that I reached out for what was offered if you are really there, then yes, I said, to my own surprise. As soon as I did, a laser-like pinprick of light pierced the darkness over my heart and entered that mysterious place deep inside me. And then I felt a wind, something like someone breathing on me, filling me with life. It was as if I were taking my first breath. I'd love to share with you the rest of David's story. It's so compelling, but we'd be here all day. That night, the Holy Spirit touched him deeply with love, and he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. It was the beginning of a long journey for David where, where Jesus kept surprising him over and over. And also the surprise that God worked through Madeline by being sensitive to what God was doing at the moment and being willing to act on it. She exceeded David's expectations. That's what, that's what Jesus' people do sometimes. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you, if you, there's a Bible in front of you, hopefully, and, uh, or if you brought your own, even better. Uh, Paul is reminding these Corinthian Christ followers uh, of their promise to join 
the other churches in Greece and Macedonia that they're to raise money for the sisters and brothers living in Jerusalem who are going through severe famine. So this is like their pantry project, right? And Paul tells them about the believers in Macedonia and their eagerness to give toward this cause. So I'm going to read uh, verses 3 through 5. Will you follow along? For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then, by the will of God, also to us. You know, as I read that, I think about yesterday morning uh, with our, our Thanksgiving bag giveaway. And, you know, any organization can hand out food. But what you did was so much more than that. It's the kindness you showed. It's, it's the way you treated everyone as friends. It was, the, it was the smile on your faces and the joy in your hearts, even though the wind chill was 10 degrees. And I believe that every person who came through experienced some of that. And while people were waiting in their cars to, for their turn to get their Thanksgiving bag, our prayer team went out in pairs and asked, would you like us to pray with you? And from what I've learned, about two-thirds of them did. Um, they were aching, eager to be touched by the love of God. You see, our job is to demonstrate that there is a higher love and a holy life that exceeds expectations. In July of 2021, our finance chair told you that the committee had forecast an $80,000 shortfall for that year because of the pandemic. And a week later, uh, one of you uh, came to me anonymously and and offered to give the church $40,000 as a matching gift if the rest would come from uh, the rest of 40,000 would come from the rest of us. And so, in August, a lot of you remember this, in August and September, a year ago, we conducted the Ministry Fund Matching Challenge. And by the time it was done, you not only matched the 40,000, you matched it nearly three times. You gave like the Macedonians. You exceeded expectations because you love the Lord, you love your church. After Thursday's uh, finance meeting and church council meetings, I began, we began to see a much clearer picture of the, the challenge that Faith Westwood faces now, and uh, even bigger than before. And will, will God once again inspire us in a way that exceeds our expectations? I'm praying that he will. Pastor friend of mine sent me an email this week and said that he is praying for us every day. I was so glad to hear that. He's praying for us every day. He, see, he included this in his email. He said, I found comfort yesterday 
in the phrase from a song by the band Casting Crowns, your world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. Hmm. Isn't that something? Your world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. Maybe a new place. Whatever you're going through, whatever we're going through, we know who God is. And He is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Let's pray. As we begin prayer, I invite you to take a deep, slow breath and recognize that you are in the presence of God. If your thoughts wander, don't give up. Just gently bring your thoughts back as best you can and know that God is pleased with that. Now imagine yourself walking along a windy path in the woods on a sunny fall day, you're breathing in the fresh air, admiring the red and yellow leaves. Then you come to a rushing river about 15 feet across. It's too far to jump, it's too deep to walk. And the current's too fast to swim in. But you know you must get to the other side. But you're stuck. No one would expect you to cross it. This, this river is too big a barrier. What does this river represent in your life? What is the barrier that has you stopped? and stuck. But you believe in a God who exceeds expectations. And so you, you ask God to show you a way across this river. You're standing on the bank and as you pray, you, you ask, what unexpected idea might God be giving me right now? How will God provide a way for me to cross? And that solution may be different for each of us. But as you pray, ask God how you're going to get across that river. And when an idea comes to you, act on it. 
cross that river. Get to the other side and give thanks to God. And now let's take a couple of minutes to continue our time of prayer and and during this time, pour out your heart to God. Whatever is on your heart, the good and the bad, the, the, the requests and the, and the praises and thanksgivings, and uh, you're free to pray as you're, where you're seated or you're, you may come forward and kneel or stand at the steps.